Burlington Baptist. If you guys would, go ahead and stand with us. Uh, while we get ready for worship, turn around and tell somebody that you're happy to see him this morning. can have a seat. Well, good morning. You all sound awesome. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord, and we all can come together and worship. If you are a guest with us today, we'd like to welcome you in, and we'd like to connect with you. And the way we do that is through our connection cards, and connection cards will work a lot of different ways. First of all, if you're watching online, we're glad you are there, and you can click the link and follow the link and do an online connection card. If you're here in our sanctuary this morning, you can stop back at our information desk there in the atrium as you came in, 
or also you can click, there's a QR code in front of you, and you can click on that QR code and it takes you directly to a digital connection card, and you can fill out a connection card that way. Also, if you have a prayer request or something you want us to know in the office, connection cards are a great way to let us know those things as well. Well, you know, there's a lot going on here at church, and I just kind of want to highlight a few things for you guys. And the first thing is that, that next week we are going to have our Next Steps class immediately following the second service, so that will be at 12 noon. That will be a class and lunch. So if you are a new member of the church and would like to attend, we'd love to have you. Also, if you're just thinking about maybe joining or just want to know some more information about our church, we'd love for you to come as well. So you can register online or you can call the church office. Well, Wednesday, uh, let's see, had, uh, maybe a few notes today. April 28th, um, from 7 to 8, we will be having a MOPS meet and greet. Now, MOPS is mothers of preschoolers, so if you are pregnant all the way through a child in kindergarten, we would love to welcome you to our meet and greet. Now, we've kind of been on, on hiatus for a couple of years, and we're trying to rejuvenate it a little bit. So through the Enrichment Council, we're going to begin in the fall, but we want to kind of meet you and greet you and kind of let you know what to expect in the fall. So that will be Wednesday, April 28th. 7 to 8, and of course, child care will be provided. And the next thing I want to let you know about is our women's ministry. Our women's ministry is trying so many different things and wanting to get you all involved. And there's something really exciting going on on Saturday, uh, May 1st, and that is yoga and lunch. All ages of women in the church are welcome. We'd love to have you. You don't have to be a yoga expert. We're going to learn a little bit that day. So, And afterwards, we're going to eat. So that is on Saturday, May 1st. I believe 10 until noon is when that is, here over here in the Activity Center. Again, you can sign up online, call the church office. We'd love to have you. Well, as many of you all know and probably been here the last several Sundays, we have uh, Kentucky Baptist. We have started a new initiative, and that is Gospel to Every Home. And that's where we're wanting to reach everyone with the good news of Jesus. It's a gift, y'all. It's a free gift. And we're trying to reach those here, right here in Burlington, Kentucky. And over the next several weeks, um, we're going to do some training to see how that looks. And we all, as Harold says, we all get to be summer missionaries. So um, he's also been doing a, a sermon series on that. And it's really, you know, it's not intimidating. You know, we say, let's share the gospel. And you think, I can't do that. But you know what? Anybody can do that. Anybody can share the gospel. So today, Harold's going to come on up into our Burlington Baptist living room. And he's going to come to my house, and he's going to share the gospel with me using the three circles. So watch and see how easy this is, guys. Well, welcome. I'm so glad you stopped by. And awesome. You said you're from where? We're from Burlington Baptist, and thank you for inviting us in. Well, good. I'm glad you all are here. I, you know, I, I know a little bit about God, and I went as a child, but that's really about all I know. Yeah. So in this uh, packet is some information about the gospel, and uh, we'd love for you to take some time and maybe read over that. And, uh, uh, you know, you've shared a little bit about some of the things going on in your home. And uh, we'll, we'll be praying for you, Beth. Well, I appreciate and, uh, that. When I go back, we'll, we'll have some people at the church, and we'll pray for you and uh, some of those things that's going on. Uh, Beth, before we leave, do you mind if I share a little bit of good news? Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to learn more. Yeah, I really well, would. I got a, a piece of paper here. Okay. Let me just kind of illustrate some good news for you. I'm going to draw these three circles and talk about them, and it won't take long. But uh, Beth's first circle is, is God's design. And uh, we know God created us, and uh, He didn't just create us, but He gave us some instructions in, in the Bible. And it tells us uh, His design for our marriages, our family, raising our children, work. And, uh, and so uh, He has a good design for us, and uh, we know that sometimes, maybe often, we depart from God's design, and, and we like to do it our own way instead of God's way. The Bible has a word for that. It's called sin. And, it, and we sin with our actions, with our uh, words, our thoughts. Uh, not to do good is, is sin. And, and, uh, and so it, it messes up God's design for our life. And it leads to this second circle is called brokenness. And you shared some of the brokenness in your family. And uh, I think we all understand brokenness. Uh, we understand sin, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But brokenness is, is the results of our sin. And uh, we try all kinds of things, Beth, to, to deal with our brokenness. Some people try medication, and some people try religion, and some people try to just do better themselves. And what we find is a lot of times 
we just lead to more brokenness. And, uh, and so the main thing that we want to talk about is this third circle, and it's the gospel. And uh, we call it the good news. And again, there's some information about the gospel that uh, we'd like to leave with you today. But, but basically the gospel is uh, just the story of what God has done for us in our sin and brokenness. And you know probably John 3.16. For God so loved the world, including you, that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And, and so uh, Jesus came. And uh, we know at Christmas we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life according to God's design. And then he went to the cross. And uh, we just celebrated that at Easter. But uh, on the cross, he took our sin, your sin and my sin, and he paid uh, the punishment for our sins. And uh, he died and was buried. And on the third day, he arose again. And he defeated sin and death and hell. And, and uh, Beth, he, he invites us to... Uh, have our sins forgiven and uh, the Bible tells us how it is a couple words one is repent and the other is believe uh, repent Beth we don't use that word too often no, but we don't. yeah but it just means to, to turn change directions and so uh, we turn from our sinful ways and we turn to God's ways and we turn from trusting in our stuff and our things and we trust in Jesus and believe is to believe in Jesus in his sacrifice on the cross that on the cross he paid for your sins and he offers to forgive you if you'll trust in him and, and follow him and so the Bible says that when we respond through repentance and, and faith in the gospel that we're saved and we're brought into the family of God we have the gift of eternal life and then we're able to kind of recover and pursue God's design for our lives. And that means that we get into the Word. And as a church, we, we would love to help you open God's Word and, and study God's Word and, and see what God says about your children and your family. And, and then even to go back into the world and help people who are living in brokenness. And uh, so we really wanted to, to come and, and share the gospel with you today. And again, we'll leave some information. Uh, we'd love to maybe come back sometime or, or call and check on you and see what kind of questions you may have, uh, if that's okay. I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. All right. So, church, you can, you can do that, and uh, we'd love to equip you to do that. And so uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for the gospel. It is the power of God into salvation to everyone who believes. And uh, we want to be gospel people who talk often about the gospel, who tell people that Jesus came to die for their sins and to... Uh, offer a way to, to be saved, and I pray that you would prepare us as a church to go out there and share this good news, and uh, we pray that uh, you would send out laborers into the harvest, and uh, we pray that you would uh, inhabit this place this morning, let us praise you and, and uh, sing of your goodness, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Team sings. Uh, John and Edna are back this morning, and John had a special request. He he wanted me on his behalf to say to you guys, thank you. He said he's been listening for a year, and uh, so thank you all for 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 all your efforts. And he said, I know they don't just show up on Sunday mornings and drink a pop and sing. They they. Sh they come on Tuesday nights and other nights. So thank you all for, for your faithfulness this past year in particular. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you very much for that. And thanks for coming back. We missed you guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys can go ahead and stand back up with us. We're going to continue in worship. If you guys know this song, please sing along with us. Oh 
So I made it 18 minutes in the first service. I made it 20 minutes in the second service before I mentioned that Tina and I have a new grandbaby this week. So I think there's, oh, there's his picture. So um, he's a little fella, nine pounds, eight ounces, 22 inches. Uh, did not use any of the newborn diapers, by the way. So we're going <laughs> to we'll have to switch those out. But we are super proud. If you want to see more pictures, just let me know. I've got a bunch of them. So, but, <laughs> um, no, we're over the moon about it. So um, they're resting at home. Everybody's good. They're trying to get some sleep. So we'll pray for them. Uh, and this is just one of our favorite songs that we've done here for a long time. So we're going to do it for you this morning.
Thank you, praise team. And uh, listen, we're going to start with prayer this morning. I, I want to mention Krista uh, Robinson. She's listening at home this morning. Her and Jay and Brandon, they usually sit right up here, usually in the first service. Uh, but Krista's got some uh, cancer results in the last couple weeks, and she starts treatments tomorrow. And uh, we just want to pray for her, and uh, that's a mountain for them. And uh, God's able to move those. And so join me, join me in prayer this morning. Father, we acknowledge your faithfulness. You've never failed us, and you never will. Lord, we have mountains sometimes, and even in the midst of that, you're faithful. You're a miracle worker. You're a way maker. Lord, we've sung about it. We confess to believe it. And uh, we come this morning as part of Chris's family, and we lift her up. And that's our brothers and sisters, and we want to pray your healing for her, for encouragement and grace. Uh, for pain and discomfort she is going through right now, we pray for healing, and we pray that these treatments would be effective. And uh, Lord, we just want to thank you for being so good to us and for walking with us through every uh, trial of life. And uh, we continue to pray for one another, for for Jim and and uh, Debbie and uh, Jean and Gary and and so many that's going through those kind of times here. We we pray encouragement and strength and. Uh, we thank you that we can pray for one another, and we pray even this morning that you might speak to our hearts through the power of your Spirit, through the preaching of your Word, that you would save the lost, and that you would draw us closer to you. And Lord, we'll praise you for, for speaking to us today and accomplishing your purposes, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So last week we kicked off 40 days of prayer for the gospel to every home. And uh, our objective is to take the gospel to our neighborhoods. And so thank you for praying. Thank you for planning on participating. Uh, we're going to have 40 days of prayer. And uh, we're going to have six evangelistic sermons. Uh, some of our Bible study groups are also uh, studying evangelism. Uh, in May, we're going to have some packing parties. We're going to pack these gospel materials. We're going to do some evangelism training. Uh, I get to start some of that in the morning with the ladies. And uh, so we're going to do training, we're going to equip you, and uh, as Beth said, this summer we want you to be summer missionaries. Anybody want to be a missionary this summer? You don't have to get your passport or anything like that, you're just going home. But Jesus told the disciples, start here in Jerusalem, and so this is our Jerusalem, and uh, we're going to take the gospel, and listen, I'm really excited about having gospel conversations, uh, seeing people get saved, I, I'm just excited about that. Uh, I've been praying for you this week that you would be a laborer with us. And uh, there's ways now, even on our website, to sign up uh, to say that you're going to go on one of these dates, and uh, we're going to give you a T-shirt, and we're going to train you, and uh, we're going to go do the Great Commission work. And so, Psalm 126 this morning, we're going to talk about God's vaccine for church decline. God's vaccine for church decline. And really, there are two types of churches in the Kentucky Baptist Convention, and really, just in, in general, there are churches who are on the incline. They're growing. We want to learn from them, and listen, we want to be one of them. Yeah, amen. And then there are churches that are on the decline, or we might say on the recline. Uh, we want to pray for them, and we want to encourage them. We want to come alongside them. We want to help them out of that. Well, Psalm 126 is, uh, describes the return of what we call the remnant of God's people. They have been taken captive, defeated, and uh, exiled. And uh, they're able to return. And so if you need just a little bit of an Old Testament review, uh, we know that uh, God gave his people the promised land. And under David, there was a united kingdom. And then after David died, King Solomon 
But after Solomon, the kingdom was divided, and we know that they had a, uh, a disagreement. And ten tribes, the northern kingdom is called Israel. The southern kingdom is called Judah. And they had two different kings, and we read about those kings. And the people of God rebelled against God. And so God sent prophets and said, repent and turn back to God. Repent and turn back to God. And so we, we have several prophets in the Bible. And uh, it's just God calling his people to return, and yet they refuse to do that, and they continue to worship the idols of the land. And so the northern kingdom was probably the evil, was the most evil of the two. And so God brought the Assyrians in 722 and defeated the northern kingdom and took them exile. And uh, they were kind of dispersed, and we don't really hear much more about them. The southern kingdom, Judah, uh, they also rebelled, and so God brought King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians against Judah, uh, 605, the first time, and that's when Daniel was taken exile, and, and then they came back in 597. They, they came back and completely destroyed Jerusalem around 586. And so God's people were living in exile for a long time, uh, but in 538, the, the Persians defeated Babylon, and King Cyrus uh, gave permission for the Jews, if they wanted to, they could return to their, their homeland. Now, that would have been a privilege to do that. That would have been exciting. And yet, those who returned found that there was much to do. The land had been destroyed. It had lied uncultivated for years. And, uh, and so there was all kinds of rebuilding to do. And there was discouragement within. And, and there was opposition from, with, from the enemies. We, we read about that in, in Nehemiah and, and Ezra. And so Psalm 26 is, a, is a, a psalm where the people, the psalmist, recognized God's faithfulness in the past and uh, the need for God's people to trust God for the future. And so they, when they were taken into captivity, they left behind a land that was flowing with milk and honey, a fertile land, a blessed land. And, and now they're returning to a land of brokenness, and uh, there was great need to rebuild and replant. And church, I think about so many churches in, in Kentucky who are really on life support. Uh, about 75% are plateaued or declining, and Many were once strong and vibrant, and they were just a blessed community church, and now there is a need for revival and renewal and, and rebuilding, and, and so I want us to maybe see from Psalm 126, uh, kind of compare the decline in churches to a pandemic, and maybe find some vaccines here in Psalm 126. And so I invite you to stand, and we'll honor God's Word. Psalm 126 begins with a song of ascents. Uh, there's 15 of these psalms right here together, and they're, they're the songs that the people of God would sing as they ascended the incline to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's sitting up on a hill, and, and they would sing these songs as they ascended into Jerusalem. And uh, verse 1, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. Zion is a, another word for Jerusalem. We were like those who dream. And likely their dreams were the, the days when they lived under the, the hand of God's blessings. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The people surrounding Israel recognized that God's hand was upon them and that he had blessed them and brought them to the land and provided for all their needs. And they recognized that. Verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us. We're glad. And we can say amen to that, can't we? The Lord's done great things for us, isn't he? And so verse 4, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Now, the Negev was a, a desert area south of Jerusalem, and, and while it was a, a dry area, there were these gullies in the Negev. And sometimes there would be rain in the highlands, and the water would, would run down through the gullies and refresh the land. And, and so the people are crying out, God, to bring that rain of his blessing and refreshing to the land. And then kind of our focus this morning is going to be verses 5 and 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. I'll invite you to be seated, and, and we'll ask the Lord to, to bless his word this morning. 
before we get back into the text, let me say this. Uh, a great commitment to the Great Commission will build a great church. A great commitment. Church, if we have a great commitment to fulfill the Great Commission, God will build a great church. And I think part of the reason for decline in so many of our churches is related to the reality that for so many, Christianity has become a spectator sport. Now, I love this church, and um, and I, I think about it. I wake up sometimes thinking about the opportunities that we have to, to grow and to reach and to have a gospel impact in this community. Listen, God didn't call anybody to just have surface involvement in the church. Amen, y'all? He didn't, no, he, he wants you to be an active part of the church. And, and so we want to continually sound the horn for, for church membership, healthy church membership, and, and active service, and spiritual growth, and, and great commission living. And so as Beth said, next Sunday, the next steps class right after the, this service, and we'd invite you to come and learn more about the church. And, and in that, we try to talk about expectations of our members and uh, I shared this in the first service, and I'm, I'm going to share it. I, I told you this is something that I haven't really shared before uh, with a church. But in my first church, and I was younger and dumber, and uh, I was on fire. Some called it ignorance on fire. And, uh, but somebody came to my office one day, and they said to me, Preacher, I, I know I'm not a very good member of the church, but, and they shared their opinion about something. And I can't remember what it was in reference to, but the next Sunday... Uh, and I, I, this disclaimer, it wasn't my intention. It wasn't in my notes. It wasn't thought out. But somehow it came out of my mouth. And I said that if you come to me and you begin by saying, I know I'm not a very good member of the church, but that you ought to stop right there and repent. And I said, because Christ died for the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And so I said, if you recognize that you're not a faithful member of the church, then I don't want your opinion. I want you to repent. And uh, needless to say, that, that guy didn't come back. And um, <laughs> um, I called him a few weeks later. I recognized that he didn't come back. And I called him, and the first thing he said was, Preacher, you know what you did. And I said, yeah, I, I, I know what I did. And uh, I'm in it, but uh, <laughs> I could have done it a better way. You know, but anyway, sometimes we need to quit playing games with God. And listen, if your pastor begins to get lazy in evangelism, then he ought to repent. And I've had to do that a lot in my life. First uh, Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And so we want to give God our best. And I, I say that if you're a Bible study leader and you're not studying your lesson and you're not showing up on time, you ought to repent. You, you can amen that if you want to. If you're a deacon and you don't come to the meetings and you don't, you're not f faithful in your attendance and your service to the church, you ought to repent. And if you're a member of this church and you know that you're unfaithful in your giving, in your attendance, in your support for the, the, the work of the body, it's not okay. You ought to repent. And uh, so I'd say to Burlington Baptist Church, listen, we need some great commission Christians. We need some who are actively growing in their faith and they're participating in the life of Christ and those who are prepared and equipped to go out there with the gospel and win this world to Christ. And uh, listen, a, a godly life is important, but God's ordained means of salvation is through the proclamation of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And so God is calling some saved sinners to go out there and share the gospel with some lost sinners. He's calling us to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the times in, in my life over the years that, that God has pierced my heart in regards to evangelistic laziness. Uh, it's easy to get lazy in evangelism. It, it's easy to forget about looking for opportunities and praying for opportunities. And, and, and when He pierces my heart about that, I, I want to repent. I, it's about giving God our best and and proclaiming the, the good news. And I, I don't want to get to heaven and say, God, I know I could have done more to see people saved. And so I want to repent of that now. And so last week we talked about the harvest in Matthew 9, 38. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. 
And so he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And so this week I've been praying for laborers. I've been praying for you to be laborers. I, I want you to be answers to my prayers and me to, to be an answer to that prayer. And so that, that was the first thing that Jesus told his disciples. And after we have prayed for laborers to work in the harvest, uh, I think we find a two-part vaccine for church decline. First of all, churches must pray and weep for the harvest. We must pray and weep for the harvest. I, I didn't know which word to use. Both of them here, pray and weep. Uh, verse 5, those who sow in tears. And so in this passage, we find tears and toil and weeping and working. And the psalmist looks at the fields and recognizes that there's no life. And if there's no life, then that means there's going to be no harvest. Well, that's a bad thing. Uh, instead of being able to rejoice in the harvest, there is weeping and mourning. And in the scriptures, we, all, we often find this, that somehow brokenness often leads to blessings. The evangelist Junior Hill, he once said that uh, no humblings, no hallelujahs, no repenting, no rejoicing, no crying, no crowning. And, and so I, I mentioned last week, maybe we need to ask God just to break our hearts uh, for people living in our neighborhoods, for people living outside of a relationship with Jesus. Now, I try not to get too caught up in emotions and feelings because I know that those don't last and they're short-lived. But the fact is, even if you don't have a passion to witness the lost souls, you still have a responsibility. It's called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples. And so Jesus gives us this commission to go. And He doesn't say if you feel like it or not. He says go and make disciples. But let me say that having a passion and a concern for the loss is of great benefit to us. Again, last week we, we saw Jesus, and he looked out over the people and saw that they were helpless and hopeless, and, and he was moved with compassion for them. And we want God to do that for us. The Apostle Paul, he, he had great compassion for, for his people, for the lost. Romans 9, 1 through 3, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Well, what's causing this anguish? Paul says, For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Man, that's a lot of compassion. I, I, I will, Paul says, I'd be cut off from God if, if my kin people might be saved. Then in Romans 10, 1, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer for, to God for them, for my Jewish brothers and sisters, is that they may be saved. Listen, we need to have that kind of concern for our community and for Kentucky and America and for just to the ends of the earth. And so I want to just point out some of the passion in these verses. Uh, verse 5, they're sowing in tears. And tears reflect individual concern. Paul had tears for, the, for his churches, uh, Acts 20, verse 31. Therefore be alert. This is to the Ephesian elders. Remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. I, I'm so concerned about the church that I cried over them. Now, we often hear excuses about our fears for witnessing. And, and I think that possibly one of the reasons that we reach it's not so much our lack of our fear or our lack of knowledge. It's just maybe our lack of concern, lack of love. We, we think we've got our picture, our, our ticket punched. Someone wrote these lines. My father, I love, I long for this passion to pour myself out for the lost, to earnestly pray for poor sinners and win them whatever the cost to earnestly pray for poor sinners and win them whatever the... May, may the Lord make those words the attitude of our hearts. Verse 6, he who goes out weeping. Weeping reflects the, the burden that should just overwhelm us. I wonder why there seems to be so few tears shed in the church today. Do you think that tears would touch God's heart? Any, 
Any parents in here know how it feels when you see your child weeping? God said to Hezekiah in Isaiah 38, 5, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. Listen, if, if tears touch God's heart, then I, I think we could be certain that he can use them to touch a person's heart. Now, we shed tears over physical conditions of our friends and family, and we should. We mourn with those who mourn, and we, but, but not too often do we shed tears over their spiritual condition. We need to be broken over the fact that people die every day without Christ, and they spend eternity in hell. Amen? We, we, we believe in hell, don't we? We believe it's an eternal place of everlasting damnation, and people are dying and going there every day. Here is a, a voice from hell. You lived next door to me for years. We shared our dreams, our joys, and tears. A friend to me you were indeed, a friend who helped me when in need. My faith in you was strong and sure. We had such trust as should endure. No spats between us ever rose. Our friends were alike, and so are foes. What sadness then, my friend, to find that after all you weren't so kind. The day my life on earth did end, I found you weren't a faithful friend. For all those years we spent on earth, you never talked of second birth. You never spoke of my lost soul and of the Christ who'd make me whole. I plead today from hell's cruel fire and tell you now my last desire. You cannot do a thing for me. No words today, my bonds will free. But do not err, my friend, again. Do all you can for souls of men. Plead with them quite earnestly, lest they be cast in hell with me. May God give us a greater passion for the harvest and the, the souls of lost men and women. And, and so, church, we've got to pray and weep for the harvest. And then secondly, the second part of this vaccine, we've got to go and sow for the harvest. He who goes out weeping, bearing seed for sowing. The, we see that word goes, and we see go in there, and, and we know we can't spell the gospel without go. And I was thinking about gardening this week. I know some of you are gardeners and enjoy gardening. Why is it we work harder to get beans off a vine than we do to see lost souls get saved? You know, we, we don't plant, we don't sow the seeds in the garden and then just wait till the harvest and come back. No, we, we work them and we till it and we hoe it and we weed it and we, we work for the harvest. And, and so the psalmist says, bearing the seeds for sowing. That word bearing is Hebrew word nasha. It means to lift, to bear up, to carry, to take. And so we're to continually, persistently go forth and bear seeds of the gospel. We say, what are the seeds? Well, Luke 8, 11, Jesus said that the seed is the word of God. And so these, these are the seeds of the gospel. Uh, Hebrews 4, 12, the, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joint and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. It's the, the Word of God and the power of the Word, the, the seeds of the gospel. And so we go out sowing the seeds of the Word. And, and sometimes we sow and sometimes we water. And in due season, God brings a harvest. Now listen, think about this. When it rains on barren land, if there's no seeds, there's going to be no harvest. You can have the rain, but if you don't have the seeds... And so we've got to take the seeds of the Word of God. And, and so listen, relationships and godly living and kindness to others, all those are, are good and nice, but without the gospel shared through the Word of God, there can be no harvest. And so we take the Word of God out. Now listen, I, I, when I was little, we had a big garden, and uh, we would take those, you remember those pink, you know what corn seeds look like? They're pink or, or whatever color that is, probably magenta or something, I, Less. Who, what color is that? Anyway, pink. Anyway, we'd take those corn seeds and we'd put them in the ground and up would come this corn stalk. And now you wonder, how could you plant corn seed and up come a corn stalk? And I don't know. God, God's able to do that. We just sow the seeds. How 
Does the gospel turn a sinner into a saint? I don't know. God's in control of that. We just sow the seeds. And we're to continually, persistently sow the seeds of the glorious gospel. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 4, to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Timothy, I want you to go out there and proclaim the word. Now listen, people don't, uh, don't win souls because they're talented or, or educated. No, it's the Holy Spirit working through the seeds of the word of God that convicts and converts sinners. But if you will just be persistent in sowing the seeds, God will use you to bring a harvest. Now, people will say, and, you know, I've said I've been doing this long enough. I've heard this so many times. I, preacher, I just, I, don't, I can't talk. I've said it. And I say, of course you can. You talk all the time. We talk about everything, don't we? Yeah, we talk about our children and our grandchildren. We talk about the weather. We talk about gardening. We talk about the reds, the bingles, the wildcats. We talk about politics. We talk a lot about that sometimes. We talk about the news. We, we, we talk about stuff. Some people talk while I'm preaching. So I know you can talk. <laughs> so I'm not buying I can't talk. Don't, don't give me that one. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And if you're saved, you can talk. May God give us a greater passion and a greater persistence for the harvest. The, the vaccine is praying and weeping and going and sowing. And, and that's not rocket science, is it? You didn't even need me to be creative with that. And yet so many churches resist the vaccine. And they continue towards decline. I love the end of verse 6. He who goes out sowing, weeping, bearing the seeds for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheep. Listen, that, that, that's, church, that's what I'm expecting this summer. I'm expecting us to go out there and sow seeds and, and come back together and rejoice. Rejoice on Sundays when we see people uh, confessing, uh, professing Jesus as Lord. And that's the third point this morning. Churches can rejoice in the harvest. Going with weeping and sowing will lead to rejoicing and reaping. That, that's the law of the harvest. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so it takes some work, don't it? Yeah, the, the seeds don't get sown by themselves. And the gospel don't go out. We, he, God wants us to do that. But there's this promise here of reaping. Ver, verse 6, bringing his sheaves with him. Listen, if you don't plant beans, you're not going to get beans. You know that, don't you? If we don't share the gospel, we're not going to see a harvest. We are not going to harvest if we don't sow. But listen, church, we can do this. We've got the gospel. We've been changed by the gospel. Any, anybody heard the, the saying that uh, they know where the church is and we shouldn't have to go get them to come? You ever heard that? I don't hear that much anymore. I used to. Well, they know where we're at. That'd be like saying to the bag of beans, listen, you know where the garden is. We shouldn't have to go sow you. <laughs> that, that's foolish. We got to go out there after them. And we can be assured that when we do, when we go and sow seeds of the gospel, we will see a harvest. Gideon Owsley was a, like a fireball sharing the gospel in Ireland. He told how he fell under deep conviction to go out after needy souls he said that he argued with the lord and he said oh lord i cannot speak for i'm like a child then came the question gideon do you know the disease and his reply oh yes lord i know uh, i know there is sin in the human hearts the next question was and do you know the cure indeed i do i know you died on the cross and shed your precious blood to cleanse from sin and the Lord's exclamation then pierced his heart. Then why don't you go and tell people those two things, the disease and the cure? All else is nothing but idle talk. Church, we know the disease. It's sin. And we know the cure. It's the cross of Jesus where he died for our sins. And listen, if we'll go out and we'll sow, thank God for this promise to reap. Verse 5 says that... It doesn't say we may reap or likely to reap or should or could. or It says we shall reap. 
And so again, I'm expecting a harvest this fall, and I, I think about the blessings of talking to, of taking the gospel to every home. Is that, are y'all excited about that? Somebody is? Yes. Maybe, maybe you heard the story about the untrained uh, soldier. He was brought to the front line with a, with a group of other soldiers, and uh, they were getting ready to attack a much larger enemy force, and the, the new soldiers' unit, they had to retreat because they were so greatly outnumbered. And the problem was the, the new soldier didn't know what the word retreat meant. And so he just kept fighting. And later on, he returned with a host of enemies under his captivity. And his amazed friends asked him, where did you get all these people? And his earnest reply was, why, the woods are full of them. Why don't you go get some for yourself? And I thought, isn't that true in reference to lost souls? The wood is, listen, our communities are full of them, church. We, we'll run out of seats before we run out of lost people. They're, they're everywhere. 80% of Kentucky is unchurched. And so we've got to stop retreating and have confidence in God's promises of reaping. Verse 6, shall come home with shouts of joy, rejoicing. We know that Luke 15.10 talks about rejoicing in heaven, and it doesn't say that the angels are rejoicing because the offering plate's full or, or because we got a million-dollar building project or because the church is growing or because w- w- there's rejoicing in heaven over a lost sinner who repents. When someone comes to faith in Jesus, there's rejoicing in heaven. Listen, it's exciting when sinners come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and If we will go and sow the gospel, we will reap a harvest, and we will rejoice together. And it'll be exciting. I mean, I wish sow winning would be as contagious as COVID. Amen? I mean, it would deepen the spiritual life of this church, and the joy of the Lord would come forth. And listen, God would put a new song of rejoicing in our hearts. I believe that's what... Hebrews 12, 2 talks about for the joy set before him and endured the, the cross, the joy of people being able to be saved. Jesus was able to go and endure the cross with that, that joy on his heart. And so, listen, we're, we're out of time this morning. The, the vaccine for decline is praying and going with the gospel. It's that simple. Praying and going with the gospel. And so what will it take, church, for you to sow in tears, bearing the seeds for sowing. What, what will it take for you to be a part of taking the gospel to our community? Let's pray. Lord, you're the God of the harvest, and uh, we thank you for that. Lord, we want to be a people who, who shed some tears for the lostness around us, and Lord, we want to have eyes to see. We want to be like Jesus, and when we see lostness, we're moved with compassion, and, and Lord, we know we have the gospel. And we know that it's your power to salvation. We know that uh, if we sow and we water, if we don't give up, in due season you'll bring a harvest. Lord, we, we want to, to be faithful to that. Lord, we don't want to wait till the summer to do that. We want to plant seeds every day and water. And Lord, we want to, our ones, we, we want them to be saved. And uh, Lord, we want you to use us. And so, Lord, I pray you would continue to steer our hearts to be faithful to the Great Commission. Lord, I pray again in the next few weeks we'll, we'll equip ourselves and, and we'll get ready to go and, and you'll use us. And, Lord, I, I look forward to the weeks to come when we get to see the harvest and we rejoice and sing praises to you. And, and there's an excitement over that. Lord, I, I can't wait. And we don't have to wait uh, because the gospel is available even now. And so I, I pray this morning that as the gospel has gone out, that if there's a, a person here maybe listening on, online or in this room that's never repented and believed in Jesus, I, I pray that even now that they would maybe just confess Jesus as Lord. And they, they don't, but I, I, I pray that they just come with childlike faith, knowing that they're a sinner and that Jesus died for sinners. And if they cry out in faith, the best they know how, you'll save them. Lord, I pray you'd save someone this morning, and I pray you'll do some other work in the hearts of those gathered for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me, and would you respond this morning? Maybe maybe you want to come, and maybe there's someone you need to shed some tears for.
maybe a lost child or grandchild or neighbor, I invite you to come and pray and listen to disease and sin, and we've all got it. The cure is the blood of Jesus, and Jesus invites you today to, to turn and believe. And I'd love to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus. And so you respond this morning. Standing here in your presence In a grace so relentless I am one by perfect love Right within the arms of heaven In a peace that lasts forever Sinking deep in mercy see I'm one Thank you for leading us this morning. Thank you for being here. And uh, again, let us know how we can help you feel comfortable sharing your faith. Next steps next Sunday. If you'd like to know more about the church, we'd love for you to join us. You, you can come to that with no obligations. And so let us know about that, and we'll have lunch for you. And uh, I think at the marriage retreat, yeah, if you, if you want to go to that, any, anybody that's married, uh, you, you don't have to be in the married couple's class or anything. Uh, May 14th through 16th, uh, we kind of need to know today if you're 
wanting to go to that, so let us know. Anybody's invited? And I kidded Danny, but I want to congratulate him and, and Tina for being grandparents, and uh, congratulations. Can I say it? Yes. So Danny is proof that you can be a grandpa and still wear skinny jeans. <laughs> and I, think that's, I think that's awesome, don't you? And so pray for us, brother. <laughs> that's just a, that is just a minor bit of what I deserve for much to pick on him and his clothes. So I can, it is, it's the truth. It's the truth. But uh, just like always, guys, Dollar Club is the clear box on the way out, and then the offering boxes are labeled. So um, let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you so much for all you do for us, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that we get to just go and tell someone about the gift that you gave to us and gave to them. And and, and what it's done in our lives, Lord, thank you for that. And help us to be brave and help us to be courageous as we go out this week and, and, and every week. And just tell people uh, about your son, Jesus, and what he's done. Lord, be with those who need um, a little bit more of you this week, Lord. Those who are dealing with uh, uh, diagnosis and tests and, and surgeries, Lord, we want to lift them up to you. And Lord, we just thank you for that sunshine outside that we get this afternoon. Help us to go out this week and recognize some opportunities. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>